impossible to sing and snort at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it is IMD, and uh, welcome to this week of Intergalactic Interviews. This is episode 15. 15. Man, we're doing fucking good. Weekly episodes, that means it's almost four months of this bitch. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm today I'm with my uh, my illustrious guest, making his return to the show, the uh, bountiful and amazing and well-manicured and well-trimmed bass machine. Give it up for the Lord of Destruction, G-Tone. Easy Boom. there, bud. Easy there, Woo-hoo. bud. Yeah, you like that. It's enough. What? It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. You're giving me... You better just slow down. This is our. <laughs> this is how we uh, sort things out in our family. Talk a little bit louder than most people, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? You having a good get a good week? I've been having a fucking goddamn more than extra medium week. Uh, if you may or may not have heard, I have recently just signed exclusively to produce for Amp Records. Congratulations, uh, thank, bravo, thank, bravo. Thank, thank you, thank bravo. you, bravo. Thank you. That was a that was a very uh, amazing weekend, and you know what? It was amazing for several reasons, but we had a double header going because that was just fuck. That was just the opener, boys. That was I, I signed at noon, and then I had Zenny and Carl the Red from the Alliance come and join meet me with me, and then uh, I had Curtis Monumental come through for a bit, and then uh, our good friends kids stopped by. All these nice well wishes, you know, boys coming by, had a few drinks, and yeah, uh, you. Uh, me and Phil Lehman, who owns Amp Records, had a couple shots of fucking Crown, and then I jack- jumped into the Jack, and then. Uh, Main event. We started planning because we had to go uh, watch Shockload's debut album release at fucking Railway, and it was badass. It was so good. Actually, it was so fucking good. I kind of want to play some right now. G Tone, can I play Homewrecker right now? Shout out to Carl the Red. He played the solo, and it sounds badass. We're going to be right back in two seconds. Oh my god. Homewrecker by Shockload. <laughs> Stoked that Carl came in and laid down that. Dude, how awesome is that fucking album? That is so good. Okay, that was Home Record by Shockload, and they just put out their new album, and it's called Attractive Distraction, and it is badass. And my brother plays bass. G Tone of Shockload is sitting here with me, and we're gonna fucking go into this. He's actually my first return guest. Well, actually, Mizzy, I've had Mizzy on twice, but he came on once as a solo, for and then once with his group Kids. So this is a uh, this is uh, my first solo return guest so uh how you doing brother how's uh how was your weekend i'm doing very well this weekend was fantastic everything everything we wished it was it was going to be it's so good man dude i have never seen six rows of moshing at the railway club before in my life i've been to i don't know a trillion shows and i've never seen that before it's for anyone who's never been there in vancouver railway club is one of the oldest venues in the city and it's like uh it's comprised of a setup that's a pretty wide open floor and there's no stupid pillars or anything in front of the stage it has one of the best sight lines in, in the city it's really nice but man 
Sometimes it's so packed that people can't move. Well, this did not impede the progress, shout out to Carl Red, of anything that happened that Saturday because, goddamn, it was fucking awesome. I saw no less than six rows of people moshing, and I was involved in most of it. It was pretty awesome. I was standing up on tables near the end of it. It was, pretty <laughs> it was awesome. i got to give props to the opening uh, the opening bands of the night. We had uh, we had oh. El- Ellesmere open the night. They're How a brand new band, and they good. are so awesome. How Fucking good as Ellesmere, man. We, we met we met a couple of those guys. They were playing in booze crews when we were just getting started, and we've been friends with them ever since. Yeah, dude. I met uh, Liam. Great. I met Liam that night, and I met uh, Kurt. Yeah, it wasn't Kirk. Mm-hmm. I found Kurt. it later. Kurt. Kurt, Mr. Anderson. Yes. And Mike. I think it was Mike. Mike, the bass player? Which uh, one? He had the mustache. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he was... They're and, all nice guys. They're like so badass. Jordan, Jordan Straker on drums, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah man, dude, Jordan's a fucking badass drummer, man. They're That's, all badass, man. I, I can't believe very talented. Uh, I can't believe how much of a force they've come onto the scene with so quickly. Like uh, they just—I think they're still celebrating. They signed with uh, Dying Scene, right? They got a five-song EP out. Uh, was it Dying Scene that signed them? I'm yeah. not sure. I'm Dying not sure. Scene, yeah. They're, they're being distributed by them. Awesome. Now. Yeah, dude. I was listening to their album this morning. And uh, listening to Shockload's Attractive Distraction at the same time, and it's fucking not, I mean, not like at the same time. Although, although <laughs> that would not be that bad, but it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was, I was enjoying it. Um, I think my favorite song on their EP they put out is uh, the self titled one, uh, Bale City. Right. That song is badass, fucking good. Yeah, I'm into it. And then Blacked Out, fucking consummate performers. That was my first time seeing Rad Disaster. Rad, Rad Disaster, we played with them at Funky's a couple of years back. And uh, Jason Jason Pewter from Nothing Is Heavy, the promoter for the night, decided yeah, and to I put itch. them on, and I'm glad that uh, that he did. They were good, man. They are awesome. Yeah. Another three piece from Vancouver, and they they, they, they really right throw in. down. They're very tight, very uh, very uh, uh, learned. Yeah, I would say. Well, going to shows so often, you kind of get to the point where you either you either are there for the long haul and when you're going to attend a show and you know that you're okay, no matter what I'm staying or you get really picky and you're like, okay, there's a lull here in this, in this card. So I'm either going to go stand outside and maybe miss some of the next guys or uh, I'm not, or I'm just going to leave straight up or whatever the case may be, however committed you are to the show. But the fact is like, holy shit, that was like pretty much from the opening of, of, because I I walked in during sound check and then it was just like, uh, I thought it was the show actually starting. Suck my <laughs> fucking dick. Yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> so good. I was like, this is gonna be awesome. Fucking so good. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh, it was just sound check. And then pretty much from sound check on, boom, all the way to the top, it just soared, uh, climaxing with every the band was set, great. Man. Every band was dude, great. So uh, good. Bla- blacked out, slayed as usual, dude. Blacked out. What's the dude's name? Blacked. I always forget his name. Which one? Uh, vocalist, guitar. Morgan. Morgan, he's got the haircut. Love that dude. The haircut. The haircut. Lack of a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. He's a good guy. Um, I saw Blacked Out open for Cambridge at Imputers of Pro- uh, or sorry, I don't know if IOP was on that show, but I saw Blacked Out open for Cambridge like five years ago at a sweatshop, and then um, it was like cool. I had like a half pipe in the fucking club. It nice. was really crazy. It was like. Uh, it was like the skate park, and then someone erected a stage. And then I, the thing I remember the most about this, it was like, first of all, it was balls hot in there. That's why they call it sweatshop or whatever. But uh, I go in there, and fucking, uh, I was like, well, where's the drinks? And they're like, over there. And they point to this corner, and it's just like some broad with 
a tooth <laughs> with like a keg behind her on like uh, yeah. like old milk crates and I was like what's going on here she's like this is the bar and I was like uh, <laughs> I'll have a caribou and she's like five dollars I'm like okay Jesus okay so they must have made like bank that night because lord knows they didn't put it into the aesthetics <laughs> so they had things going but man I'm just saying like Celebrating the uh, signing with Amp Records and then uh, turning uh, that same night into the main event. Um, it's kind of like a continuation on our conversation last time I had you on the show because we were talking about like being in the industry, our family being involved in like very many assets aspects, and uh, like we're all in some phase of like production or touring or or writing or or performing at any point in time, and it's just really cool that like something like that culminated on the same day. Like for real, like I dude, you can't, you can't talk about this past Saturday without mentioning Jared Milko. Oh my God. Exactly. Okay. Milkman fucking, he won by guillotine, right? Second round. Absolutely. Guillotine second round. Jared Milko, our fucking good friend, Jared, the milkman Milko. He's trained by, uh, other good friends of ours. Fucking, uh, is he still working with, uh, United? Uh, I'm not sure where Jared's uh, working out of, but he's definitely uh, from Kenora. From Kenora. And, uh, well, man, I would say after watching, because I only watched there's like rough video of that fight. But uh, he's an MMA fighter, and we've been following and supporting him for a while. And uh, he's really good friends with uh, another, you know, we were talking about Jay Miz earlier. He's friends with him, friends with a bunch of guys back from home that we've been hanging out with out here. And Our boys uh, from Kenora. We got Jesse Bonfeld. We've got. Uh, Travis Triscoll, yeah. Ooh, Triscoll's coming, man. Up. Nice, that guy's man. making that guy's making huge waves, knocking everyone out in like eight, eight seconds, seconds every time he goes out. Yeah, that was psycho. Congratulations to Travis. I watched that last one actually. That was uh, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Milkman, I, I yo, I, I think I think Milk's fucking about three or four, maybe less than that. Fights maybe in the next year, maybe fucking making a nice jump. We'll I, see. We'll see him uh, him prove his uh, prove his title uh, in his next fight. I'm sure. He's, and people will be looking at him. The kid's a fucking dynamo. Is he still fighting for Fight Force? What is the, I think uh, it was on... Was it Bama? Well, I... No, I, no it wasn't Bama. Or was he, it Bama? He was using uh, uh, some of the music I, I produced for Fight Club for a while for his intro theme. I don't know what he's using now, but it, uh, it was like Mizzy's... Uh, he was using uh, sealed envelopes uh, mm-hmm. to come out to. And uh, we were ordering pay-per-views. He, he was fighting on the island here. At, and I'm pretty sure it's MFC. Maximum Fighting Championship maximum is it mfc i don't know excessive force excessive force is yeah. that what it is okay well uh it's it's pretty cool because like oh, you've th- seen... this is a, a new I'm, I'm reading it right now uh jared milko say? becomes the first ever excessive force welterweight champion wow wow round, round two guillotine mm. beautiful boys Look congrats, at that. Congrats. That's pretty good actually the weird thing and we were watching uh oh whamma whamma is his team whamma w-a-m-m-a oh here you go uh, I'm not sure uh, where that's out of. We were watching uh, TV the other day, and uh, uh, well, uh, Richards was playing for the Kings, and uh, as the Kings uh, went to commercial, um, this dude uh, I graduated with was in the commercial, and I was like, "What the fuck?" That's good. like the weirdness of that, right? I'm like, yeah. "Okay, that's kind of weird." And it's just something in the water. What's going on? You know, they they call this a cultural wasteland, and then we're proving them fucking wrong. We're well, that's because everyone everyone has to leave Kenora to go and prove themselves. I guess that's what they're saying. It's like a desolate wasteland when it comes I think to like there's there's growing. lots of successful people coming out of the small towns, but the small town doesn't get the credit. Well, name a person that's ever been able to come out of like a, a normal quote unquote setting that's that's like not you know uh, 
that 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 hasn't just become like a, a mediocre kind of talent because like for the most part you have to come out of like somewhere in, in either well, squalor from, they or, say from great struggle comes uh, comes great uh, uh, great success right it's a good quote who said that I have no idea who said that <laughs> but I think it rings true everywhere well, if I, you have it easy in life you're you're probably going to be a mediocre person I think that if if you have to struggle yeah. to uh, to succeed. Well, struggles it's like it's going to make you. It's it's a weird thing. It's it's, it's also make you strong. Uh, it's going to make your make your decisions. Uh, it's a measurement. Yeah. Well, if you have a if struggle in your life, there's there's more weight to the decisions that you make. Well, it's it's an indicator that things aren't maybe going the way that you should be doing it. Like if uh, some people say struggle is the price to pay for how you move forward in success, but I like to think about it like uh, an adage I learned from Stuart Wilde was uh, life is never meant to be a struggle. So, like, if you're struggling, like, when people say, oh, I have no time. Like, if you don't have enough time to do something, you need to reorganize your schedule because you should have enough time always. Like, your first ske- of all, Your schedule is probably structured around a day job, which takes away all your time. All if, your, if, if your you didn't have to hours. work a day job, you would be able to do anything you wanted. It takes and it saps away your, your best creative hours. Your best hours you can accomplish the most, it'll take the most from you, you know? Like, uh, I was working 10-hour uh, uh, shifts for this thing. And uh, it was it was like oh cool ten hour shifts so I can do you done four days instead of five days in a work week. But then you get home on, after ten hours and it's like you're zapped. You only have four hours so you have to go to where's sleep. You, to wake where's up you, again. Where are you going to draw your creative energy from after after being? It sucked, man. It was it's the worst, yeah. man. Like I personally can't get behind it. You know, like now the new deal with AMP, I'm hoping to uh, transition a little bit more into uh, uh, you know doing a full time. Full, 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 almost double time. I want to do double time. I want to hit the ground running. You know, term starts in January. So I'm trying really hard. But like struggle is just like, just like time. It's like this weird measurement that we, we've made up. Like we made it up. Like it doesn't even like really exist. The only way we can tell it exists is by capturing other moments of it on camera or something. Like that's weird. Like you take a photo and then like that's forever a thing now and like now that we've moved from an analog medium where we actually had physical pictures you can hold and, and film and digital stuff now we move into a digital realm where it's like okay you you now you can capture time and then it's it's another format entirely now it's like a part of a machine and okay so does it live on in that machine how we're in the cloud exactly well i was watching uh uh, Stephen Hawking documentary yesterday, and depends he depends on the servers, I suppose. Well, he, <laughs> why would you say that? Why did you say that? Well, it's not really just a cloud. Like our information isn't just in those clouds up there. It's servers storing it somewhere. There, if those servers were to crash, we would lose the information that everything. we think that we have stored. Stored. I guess because they they use uh, servers that are like. In titanium fucking servers and backup servers and and I'm sure I'm sure they've they've they're yeah way more way more technical than I know anything about. Well, have you heard about this thing? It, it came out last month, but it's like catching wind now because it's like actually like serious. Mm-hmm. Let me let me read you this, okay? Uh, this is from the uh, uh, what what is this? Uh, the Independent. It's a it's a UK newspaper. It's legitimate though. Uh, the sun is set to flip upside down, quote unquote, within <laughs> within a few weeks as its magnetic field reverses polarity, an event that will send ripple effects throughout our solar system. And although it may sound like a catastrophic occurrence, there's no need to run for cover as the sun switches its polarity, flipping its magnetic north and south once every 11 years through an internal mechanism about which very little is understood. So like that being said, it's kind of odd that there's this natural flip 
that happens in our, our solar system, and we haven't been able to really determine why that happens yet. You know, we don't know anything. anything. We don't know anything. anything. Everyone anything. that every scientist out there that thinks he has an explanation for anything is wrong. Well, I don't want to say wrong, but they just don't have it right there, yet. There's no way of of proving proving anything. Like there, there's there's I mean. In chemistry and math, there's a way of doing... There's, right. There's, there's a way of proving things. But as far as, like, uh, human history, natural evolution and all right. that, right. no yeah. one knows. No one knows. Well, it's, We don't even know for real what happened 2,000 years ago. It's all theory. We don't know for real what happened 1,000 years ago. Never mind 12,000 years ago. 15,000, 30,000, a million years ago. No one fucking knows. I think it's very possible that society has restarted. A few times, for sure. I'm sure that it's, sure. it's been an eternal uh, rise and fall of of what of what of everything. Like, I think civilization. It's you, a, you build up to a point where it can't uh, it can't go any further, and people start dying off for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then uh, it just starts over again. All right. Well, I I think it's you have to think that that's possible because there are technological advances that we've made in the last hundred years that are not able to replicate uh, architectural design that has taken place over the course of what we have determined by carbon dating. Another method we invented that may not even be actually accurate is that it's it's, it's only a couple thousand years old or 10,000 years old. But if it's that right. old, then but we're... With, with carbon dating, what they do is like they'll dig down to buried structures right. and they'll look for organic organisms in the soil around that structure and they test the age of that. The soil, it's like soil samples. Right. Right. So uh, some people say sites will be contaminated because uh, uh, sites will, they think some sites have, were, were filled in by hand. Okay. You what, know, like the people who Not just who from built like them? years, years of like, like uh, people sand built- growing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like possibly 30,000 years ago, someone decided to bury these, these buildings or whatever for some reason. What? <laughs> See that's that's odd. That'd be you got to look into these things, right? Like, well, that would be the equivalent of like. But once again, no one knows. Everyone's got these theories, theories. of what happened. Yeah. Like, but the way they're digging the sand out, it looks like it was all put in there uh, by hand, manually. Yeah. Because there's no like landslide. There's no. There's uh, no landslide. There's no. It's like perfect. Yeah. Well, who would bury a civilization? And layered like like someone came in and dumped dumped loads of sand to yeah. bury something. What What would cause a civilization to want to bury itself? No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. What do you What do you theorize? I I don't even subscribe to any theories at all. No. What? Do you- <laughs> no. Why Why would I hitch my wagon to something that's uh, that's un that's unknowable? Yeah. Un- yeah. Well, unprovable. Uh, well, I I would think that uh, if I had to equate it to modern times, okay, there are some pretty big monolithic structures we've developed uh, in, in modern society, um, but like. You know, you look at like some of the Aztecs or the Mayans, like some of their their giant giant cities that have been like buried, and they've they've uncovered them now, and they're still uncovering aspects of it. Right. I I would think that like, could you imagine there was a decree tomorrow to like, okay, we're gonna we are gonna bury Saskatoon tomorrow, and they're just like, why? And For like, some reason, it has to be done. Like, and then so we just show up with maybe, dirt and like. Maybe it was the first nuclear reactor uh, 30,000 years ago and they, they had a major meltdown. The only thing they could do was bury it and leave it. Exactly. And it wiped out everyone in the area. That's why it's a, it's a fucking desert. 
Hmm. You know? oh, oh, okay. I thought you said you didn't subscribe to I don't to subscribe theories. to any theories. I'm saying these, anyone can throw out these. That's these. more intriguing to me, though, what you just said than, than saying not, though. That's, like, that, that's very, very plausible. Like, what if they've developed some, uh, some type of thermonuclear very, energy? Like, what we're going through now could have very well been done uh, any number of times before. You build it up until it's, it can't sustain itself, then it collapses, mm-hmm. and hopefully some smart individuals will be able to survive off the land to build up the population enough and spread the good ideas mm-hmm. of well that's that's a thing like there's that you know a very famous Joe Rogan bit he does on stage and he talks about if i was to give you a hatchet and send you into the forest and i told you don't come out until you have a calculator how long would that take you like really and and the reality is like i don't know how to make a calculator i don't i don't know about you but like i i don't know how to do that i don't know how to make he, he's saying product. how how smart uh, how smart is each individual human? Are you able to go out into the bush and start processing the natural resources around yes. you to the point of being able to build a factory to to pr- produce diodes? Yeah, you know. Okay, like already, I'm I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> See, now that happened that happened to us in the 1900s. It was in, in the it, industrial it very, age. It very, yeah. yeah, it yeah. very quickly. Came to that point, mm-hmm. whereas mining started, prob- I'm sure, a long time before that. But to get to the point of producing diodes, I, well, that's I don't know. It's lost my, on it's me. It's mind blowing. Right? How, like, how many human beings worked on on that idea, or was it just one smart guy that that said, yeah. "We have this. We have this. When we run power through it in this form, it does. It this. does this." You know, it's like all these variables that we don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Like even right now in our current society, how many people really know how to do that? Is it like ten thousand people? Is it five thousand? Is it a hundred? Like I don't even know. It if- should be every human being. I saw I saw a post the other day. It said, uh, "What if what if the cure to cancer is locked in, uh, in the the mind of a poor child who, yeah. who will never get the proper education to be able to think to the point of solving something like that?" Yeah, that's right. Well. Uh, another uh, uh, alternative theory to what you're saying there is um, uh, there's a question that's been posed in history before, which is if you knew of a mother um, who uh, had given birth to eight children, okay, and she was pregnant with her ninth child, um, but four of those children died before the age of five uh, from, from birth defects, and the other two were born blind, and one of them was born uh, with severe skin conditions like polio or, or something like that. It had really bad, something just a bad break, okay? And then you knew she just got pregnant with a ninth. Would you recommend her with modern science to abort the child or would you let her go? I would go? say, what year are we living in? Well, using modern If there's science, a farm to run, yeah. we need more children. Okay, so agriculturally, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> if, like. If there's not a farm to run, yeah. Uh, I would ask why? Why are you? Why? Well, why do you keep on? Why, why do you keep on having kids? Well, yeah. okay. So the end to that that question is everyone who answers, and you have a moral obligation. Blah blah. blah. All these people say yes, keep the child, or someone says no, uh, the child should be uh, aborted for its own sake. Um, the answer to that is well, if you abort it, then you just killed Beethoven. That was that right. was Beethoven's life growing up. They you know he had just like the ninth child in a family, and everyone before him like either died or had severe defects, and you know he later went deaf in life. But that that whole never had a chance kind of thing. Could you imagine? You know, he's not. Uh, he's kind of like almost like a hacky kind of uh, uh, example to bring up when you talk about composers and shit like that. People are always like, "Oh, well, like Ludwig van Beethoven. Nah, yeah, he's the best." Symphony Nine and like 
I, I just think that's kind of like hacky to bring it up, but his reality is a lot more harsh than, you know, someone else like uh, Mozart died really young, but he had a chance. He had a chance to go. So you're right. Like what is, what should be the, uh, what should be the standard of living for everyone? It should be fresh water, somewhere to live and work. Should it be the ability to provide for yourself or should that even be included? Should we, well, according to Nestle. Oh God, we were shitting on them really bad, like two episodes ago and I got a letter. Did you get a letter? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, but it's coming. They're right, and they're like, and then he continued to talk about it two weeks later, and I was like, <laughs> some shit like that. Yeah. But it, yeah, they're fucking monsters, dude. They're evil as shit. I don't, I don't like uh, Nestle. I try to stay away from Crunch Bars, even though they're badass. They're really good, but um, yeah, I don't like them. I, don't, I, I think Nestle is a pretty evil corporation. They uh, they do some really nasty things to people. What do you, what were you gonna say though? What are their standards? Uh, the whole thing about. Uh, the chairman of, of Nestle saying that water is not a, a basic human right. Right. It, it should oh, be bought yeah. and sold by, by corporations. Ugh. Disgusting. <sighs> how do these people get to where they got to be? Do you have to... How many infants it's do you so have to kill? so immoral and unethical, it's not even funny. So... Well, we were talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago on the show, and I was saying, um, what point do you get to where you're no longer making judgments on a moral decision? Because if you sit someone down like we are right now, uh, we're family, but at the same time, if I was to say to you, hey, would you do this blank, totally morally reprehensible right. act, you'd right. most likely say, no, I would never do that. And then you add a couple people in the room and maybe someone says, yeah, they do it for a joke and then everyone laughs or kind of thing. But when you get to the point that you're like in charge of hundreds of tens of thousands of people's jobs and then you're like, I have to do something really drastic here. And then you say something as asinine as, well, uh, human rights do not include water, and, you, and you're foolish for thinking so. That's like, just I don't understand how do, how do people get to that point? Like you, do you have to break the neck of an innocent soul <laughs> like to gain his power or something? I don't understand. Like it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty nasty world, man. That's, that's you got to think a guy like that gets into power by doing the bidding of of others, right? Okay. So there's literally a group of people behind him saying, "Well, you know what we should say." Uh, okay. Let's let's say this, and then he goes out and says it. And once it's said, maybe maybe it, in the end, like Canada's going to send all uh, sell all the fresh water uh, in in our resources to some some company, some company, some company. Well, I I've been reading about Iceland recently, you know, and uh, a lot was made to be said about how well they did with uh, after the two thousand nine economic collapse. When they had um, a complete banking reform on a federal level, that's um, the the people decided to take it upon themselves to overthrow the government, right? Arrest everybody, Everyone. yeah, because the government was built made of all the all the heads of the banks and everything. Mm-hmm. They said no, exactly, no, this is not this is not good. Like what Iceland did is what the North America should have done on Absolutely. a whole. On a whole, they should, have and done it's that. still it's still doable. It's still like they very well could very well just do this today or tomorrow, and that's that's a sad thing. The the, uh, it's the, not vo- the voting system is so flawed at this point. Like another post I saw the other day. Okay. Insanity. Insanity. Insanity yeah. is uh, doing the same thing uh, over, and over and over again, again, expecting a different result. That's right. What is voting every four years with this system? Exact same, the same thing. thing. We need to change it up over and over and over again. It doesn't matter who you vote for. That's right. Nothing's going to change the for wrong. the betterment of the people. Yeah, it's going towards the 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 corporations and That's the right. money. Well, the wrong thing changes. The variable 
we think is that a new person in power brings new ideas, but really the system is broken. If, you, if you're subscribing to that system where you have to be elected to a party and then that party has to put enough faith in you to become their leader, and then that leader then represents the entirety of the nation, that's flawed because that person in uh, at some level doesn't represent everyone um, on, a, on an individual level because it's it's based on a colonial system that's outdated. They're... You know, uh, when I had Zenny on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, Zenny said, uh, I think everyone needs to get on their hands and knees and scrub the borders and get rid of borders and become more of a global unit. And uh, Well, I've often thought about that. Like, odd, would, right? would, would a one world government be that bad? If you could get rid of all the borders mm-hmm. and not worry about bring, like smuggling and, and drug trafficking or anything like that. It was just one massive market. Just one massive market, all of the same, uh, the same, uh, right. the same currency, the same, well, same everything. The what, issues what with would that. Be, what would be the bad part of that? Well, Other than having a, a big brother like government watching yeah. and controlling well, and, and, and yeah. I know what you're saying, but that like that that's like honestly, it's the first thing that comes to mind for me is like wow, having one person have all that power is pretty weird. That's pretty crazy. So it'd probably have to be done by committee, like United Nations or something like that. But I think the thing that would be the worst the about Bilderberg, it, well, they already do it. <laughs> they already seem to have this covered. They, it, but uh, it, it seems like it seems like they've the already enacted their plan because borders don't mean anything to them. Borders don't mean anything to corporations. That's right. And who sure. runs those corporations? The richest motherfuckers in the world. And then they tell the so is it is it not already that way? And it's so it's only us slaves at this level that live by the border rule. Well, that's true because well, here's what I'm going to say. And then we're the, the ones fighting over over land. Who, yeah, who gets over to each keep side it? of the border? Well, I don't think so. Well, okay, so you asked like what what would be wrong with that other than what we just were discussing right now? Um, I think the biggest issue would be that that's exactly what borders would become. It, they used to be uh, to keep out. Uh, a foreign entity that that you didn't want to to pollute it's, your it's a line. way to keep wars alive yeah and now, well exactly now it's an economic choice but also i feel like if if you were to remove borders then everyone would want to live in one area no matter like it, people would gravitate either like canada's pretty wide open right but like there are a lot of people that would be like okay well now we're, we're going to become like a migration society where everyone would either move to like panama or something like that or or california like how many people that are in a, a, a squalor right now want to live next to like the the quote-unquote hub of entertainment on earth right like they want to go to that area they but if go there's to no York. jobs they go to these places but that's the thing. If there's no well, here's what, the thing. Why jobs. are you worried about immigration if there's no jobs anyway? If if the people who already live there don't have jobs, what does it matter if there's going to be more people, more people streaming into the city or not? Well, L.A. in particular has no water source. They have to they have to pump everything in out like Nestle. They, exactly. They have they have no water source. Uh, they're susceptible to earthquakes and like. The fires every year in the in the uh, the, the valley. So maybe like, we should let everyone move there, and it might wipe out a large large <laughs> chunk of the population. It might help out the rest of us. Well, I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, cold weather. I think a good cold snap, boom, just not in the out. middle of the United States. Well, if they gave me some power and they let me do You're that, talking once about in a while, the next ice age. I would call it, and I would I would call it in in a second because I I think that like if sometimes like okay, wipe out the week. Well, if you go to the beach on a Tuesday. And it's two o'clock, and you're out there, and you're not prepared for fucking instant minus forty degrees Celsius. Everyone listening in America, that's that's probably about zero degrees Fahrenheit, I think. But uh, if you uh, if you're not prepared for that, 
<clears throat> cold snap, and then suddenly you're dead. That would wipe out a good one third of morons, at least. I think mm. Celsius and Fahrenheit meet at like minus twenty one or something. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I just I make up so many fucking things as I go along here. <laughs> the show is like very loosely put together. I might be wrong about that too. Should I look up? Uh, yeah, you look it up. Can you look it up? <laughs> Google that. You don't even have to be smart fucking, these days. You got a tablet. It's fucking all right here. Rock that right there. It's all right here. Okay, well, uh, this show is loosely put together with drinking and just you know high fives. It's like it's, it's taped together. I, I was thinking gnarly lemon tie. Well, actually, that's funny. Should we ask one of the, the questions? We have uh, listener questions. Do you want to you wanna listen to one of them? Sure. Uh, you're, a, you're also a, a huge... Uh, um, well, is this the right way to describe it? I don't know. I was going to say you're a huge... Uh, I already used the word proponent, but uh, you're a huge supporter. Would and say uh, advocate. Ac- advocate? That's the word. I didn't want to say activist. That's the thing. I want to say advocate. Uh, you're a huge advocate of uh, marijuana legalization and reform. Um and possibly even, uh, you know, just beyond what the stereotypical use is for, uh, hey, man, come to Burning Man. You want to go watch the Grateful Dead? Like, it's way beyond that at this point. Like, we're in 2013. That's such a fucking stupid reefer madness type. I made a whirling yeah. light show that Whoa. plays dubstep and blows fire, man. Man. <laughs> Noah's like, okay, okay, you don't even know. Okay, 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 okay. Burning Man, so good. <laughs> Dory, Noah, we're coming with you next year. Don't worry. But anyway, I got a question for you, okay? So one of the questions was, uh, for marijuana strains, uh, which do you prefer, Lemon Thai or Northern Lights? Go ahead. Uh, Northern Lights is a very hardy strand, uh, strain that... Uh, that what? Well, I, I remember, I, I don't see it around very much uh, these days, but I, I did definitely see that when we were growing up uh, in the 90s in northwestern Ontario because it was a hardy strain, right? right. I'm pretty sure they were growing it in, in Winnipeg, probably indoors, yeah. in the middle of the winter, like minus 45 outside, and it's still producing... In the north end. Nice Guaranteed. indica buds, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> these days... <laughs> Uh, with uh, with the advances of growing uh, techniques and all that, we've got people growing some beautiful, beautiful, fuck, beautiful strains. Well, you have like uh, right now. I would choose lemon tie over over why? northern what? lights for sure. A lot of people don't understand it's, the difference between a, a cannabis sativa and a cannabis indica. What what do you what would you explain? Just on a explain like they're five years old. How would you explain it to them? Well, here's. Here's how I understand it. Okay. As as five, a, five as years a old, medical by the way. marijuana license. By the way, five years old. Like right. as a five year old. Yeah. So as a as a medical marijuana license holder. <laughs> They're looking at you blankly. As I a went. five years old. They say that like a totally like you're telling a kid. Like I'm how trying, it, I'm trying. They don't even know what reform well, means. Kids know what a license is. <laughs> Do, no, they don't. They're five. <laughs> They're five. Do you have a license to drive? No, I don't have a license to drive. Well then you can't drive. I have a license to hold. <laughs> Okay. X amount of medical marijuana. Okay. And? Which gave me access to the dispensaries here in Vancouver. Which are, are they government regulated or are they? They're not government regulated at this point, but in March of 2014, they're changing all the rules. Uh, They're revoking the right to grow your own medication. If you're a muscular sclerosis uh, patient and you've been growing your own medication in your back room, they're taking that right away from you. Okay. Because they want to... uh, uh, they want to direct everyone to a corporate grow house 
they're going to to give license to corporations to grow large amounts of marijuana so that medical marijuana users can come and and purchase it at whatever price that they decide to charge. Can I then in theory buy weed from Nestle? If if the chairman of Nestle has a marijuana grow license, I'm sure you will be able to buy from Nestle. That's pretty crazy. So I'm how sure does... Stephen Harper and his family have, will have a, a license to grow medical marijuana. Jesus Christ. Well, okay. Well, okay. So you're you're a user um, based on uh, a medical need. Medical need. I hurt myself. Uh, I mean, I've been a long time smoker. Yeah. Over 20 years, and uh, I, I always used it for whatever reason. Stress, recreation. Stress. Re, uh, stress. Relaxation. Recre- recreation. And I ended up hurting myself uh, over a year ago at work. I got a okay. pinched sciatic nerve in my back. And when I went to get x-rays, uh, they discovered I had uh, degenerative disc disease, Jesus. which is like all the, all the discs between my, my bones in my lower back are basically gone. That's... And I've got osteoarthritis throughout the, the same area. So I've got these arthritis spurs sticking out with no discs between the bones. It's, oh, it's, it's painful. God damn it. So I started looking oh. into medical marijuana what, and what discovered uh, the juicing method. Okay, so what is, what is the juicing method? The juicing method. It, well, they say when you smoke marijuana, you're only, you're only taking in 5% of the active ingredient uh, THC, which is several several forms of acids, natural acids that uh, that cannabis uh, produces. Okay. When you juice the raw leaf and and bud and stem, you get one hundred percent of all the active uh, acid form. Whoa. THC. Really? Uh, That's a tremendous difference between th- smoking. Yeah. THC is only psychoactive if it's heated to a certain temperature wow so when you when you juice the cannabis plant Uh and drink that straight you're getting essential nutrients vitamins and and acids that are all natural anti-inflammatories painkillers uh they straighten out your immune system. Everything. Are you going to hand me a pamphlet? In five I'm not going to hand you a pamphlet because <laughs> you're you're selling me really good. Like actually, for, for years, uh, everyone's been thinking the whole uh, the government's way of of explaining it. Right. Right. It's a it's a class one narcotic. It's illegal for whatever reason they decided to make it illegal, which we can go back and find out that it was it was prohibited because of the. Uh, the machine that that uh, that they created to to break down the hemp stock That's to right. create fiber made it so easy to create paper that the paper company the guy the guy who was making all the paper what was his name I forget fuck okay I'm gonna look that up keep going yeah he lobbied the government to make it illegal to grow hemp and marijuana he and he was they made up the term marijuana as a uh, a Mexican smoke weed that they, yeah that uh, that jazz players get high on and rape, rape and pillage people. Dude, at one point they were saying that Whereas hemp was going to be the it, it number was, one. It was the biggest crop in the world. They were every every ship that fucking sailed the ocean before 1924 had hemp rope on it. It's it's kind of crazy that it's it's not even a um, Henry Ford's first 
fucking Model, Model T, T car had hemp fucking fenders and ran on hemp oil. Yeah. Uh, that, that's and he said, crazy, this, is, right? this is the greatest shit ever. You can take a sledgehammer to it and it doesn't even dent. Oh. Here, wait. And the petroleum company said, no, no, no. The guy's, no, no, name, no. The guy's name was uh, William Randolph Hearst. William Randolph, Randolph Hearst. What's the name of the machine? Uh, the machine was called a... Do, 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 um, Oh, I didn't say yeah. This is really great radio. <laughs> it's just kind of, ads, guys. They're like, oh, I'm, I can't believe I'm listening to someone scroll through this shit. Right. Well, well whatever it was. Called, anyway, William the, Randolph Hearst is a history, piece of shit. The history's there. It's all well documented. Now yeah. these days, there is real research being done, and yeah. it's it's really helping people. And you've got guys like, uh, uh, what's his name from CNN or whatever, Sanjay Gupta. Doctor Sanjay Gupta oh, yeah. comes out and says, "I'm sorry." I think we've all been completely misled by by uh, what this plant is. I think we need some some real research to see if it really is helping people. That's a dramatic turn. That's a dramatic turn from two thousand nine. One of the most well known uh, physicians, yeah. on the continent or in the world. In the world, because well, yeah. saying, well, we've been misled. Housewives from Trenton, New Jersey, look at him and they go, that's Sanjay Gupta. He knows what he's talking about. He's one of those brown well, fellas. maybe we have been misled. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think that it's, it's very true that there has been kind of a radical shift in, in the feeling of the, of the population, I would say, on a whole. Because even uh, the current liberal leader, Justin Trudeau, has come out in Canada and I said I was going to mention uh, him earlier when we were talking about... Uh, governments and and who is really running things because he does come from a rich family and i'm sure he's got his uh stakes he's got his stakes well so i don't want to hitch my wagon to a young guy who's saying yes we're going to legalize marijuana and all this but he's doing it he's doing it for a reason yeah like there's got to be a, and i'm a sure pull. that him and his family have stakes in in this well See, it's, it probably... Stephen harper and his government are trying to keep it medical marijuana where we can we can tax it which I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with it either. They should grow they should it. Tax they should tax it. it. They should regulate it. And we should rebuild Canada from coast to coast every five to ten years. Yeah. It's doable. It's oh, The it's money's going to be there. It's so doable. Jesus, it's so doable. We could, hide, we could buy Blackwater or whatever they're called now and, and just have the best mercenary force ever. And people wouldn't fuck with Canada anymore because we could pay them in weed. And we'd just be like, we have the one of the greatest mercenary forces on the planet in Blackwater. Fuck, we could probably afford X-Men if we really, really went for it. we just buy a couple Sentinels or something. We could start the X-Men with that kind of money. <laughs> start the... Actually, the... X Corporate marijuana money? Jeez, Alpha, we could start everything. The the Wolverine's first group was actually from Canada. Did you know that? And it was, uh, it was called Alpha Flight. Really? Yeah, that's true. That's in Marvel folklore. I knew Wolverine was Canadian. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's... He could, Logan. Hey, listen, bub. He had, he had this. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah, that's why he always wore plaid. Yeah, listen, Bob. And then they then they fucking cast an Australian to play him. God damn, Hugh Jackman. But you know what's crazy is I was thinking the other day. I don't think I could picture anyone else playing Wolverine at this point. Now that he's done it a couple times, he's yeah. been in. I think he said eight films now as Wolverine. As Wolverine, yeah, well, because he definitely Wolverine. well, he's in the prequel of himself, and then the sequel that just came out. But then there was what the trilogy of X Men films, and then like the the most recent uh, uh, Days of Future Past. Wasn't he, like the Hulk? wasn't he in the Hulk? They like went to go get him and he was at a bar and he just told him to fuck off? No, that was in Avengers. Avengers. Or no. Uh, no, that was in X-Men Days of Future Past. Because it, it, like, it was a cameo that was like one minute, not even. Because he, right. he, he's just sitting at the bar and, and yeah. Like, They're like, we really need you. Cyclops, Logan, right? Yeah, Cyclops approached him and was like, Scott Summers was like, 
listen, you need to join. And he's just like, <laughs> like why don't you fuck off, Bob? Why don't you fuck off? Fuck off. <laughs> just would rather, <laughs> rather drink fucking Canadian club and just, <laughs> just leave me alone. I'll cut you up. Fucking <laughs> going out for a rip. Going out for a rip, bud. Just out for a rip, are you, bud? That one's uh, really good. Everywhere I've gone recently, people keep talking about that viral it's video. It's on a tear. It's on a tear. Shout out to sure. Shark Tank. Was that Shark Tank did that? I think so. Yeah. Shout out to Shark Tank. You know what? It's one of the things about uh, we were talking about medical marijuana um, was interesting was that uh, how we could like rebuild Canada, right? From like coast to coast. But like, what if it was instead of uh, um, an improvement build, what if it was like a necessity build? Like, for instance, what if there was a cataclysmic event? Uh, that completely wiped out shit. How like, like having to to evacuate the entire West Coast if Fukushima goes right? Like we were talking about this a now, little bit worse. A little bit. If they get a little bit, bit worse, worse, we yeah. have to evacuate just, the whole just West Coast. Just a little bit worse. When David Suzuki says, "Oh my God, this is the most frightening thing that I've ever experienced," you gotta you gotta pay attention. Now I received a lot of fucking weird feedback about this because. Uh, uh, today, we're, what we're recording right now is episode 15, but uh, last time I had you on the show was episode 5. So 10 weeks ago, okay, I had you on the show, and we were talking about this. And it, at that point, they were about to be doing some serious operations to try and curb this thing. Now, I haven't heard anything in the last 10 weeks. I've heard one report. Because um, they, they, built, they built a, what was it? They built a crane that they had to operate by hand to move these rods one at a time. And if the rods touched each other... It was game over. It was game over. Yeah. So, it's like the biggest game of operation. Yeah. Who ever. knows what they're doing over there? It could be like. It could already who knows? be game who over. Who knows? What yeah. If it could already be game Maybe over. Maybe they're dead. We haven't heard anything because they're all dead. I'm a little concerned. Now, here's the thing I, I received a lot of fucking mixed uh, uh, messages from that, from that show because when that show came out, um, people were like still just getting it was only the fifth show ever so people are still just kind of getting into it but i received a few uh messages on on social media that were like oh uh uh you realize it's all a scam right and it's all a conspiracy and there's there's no way that this could possibly be happening because so and so from harvard says uh, da 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 and i was like who is he serving you know and i and, and no one can ever answer these questions when i kick them back to them they they're always they always have some kind of fucking little sneer and that's the thing I hate. It's like, I'm just trying to open up a debate. I just want to get a dialogue going where we can talk about it. And these people don't even want to talk about it. They just want to shut it down immediately. And I, I think that's so backwards. And it's like, you know what? If this shit really does happen and goes south and it fucking kills everything. It's already I, south. Well, I hope that they fucking, I hope that they, it fucking wipes out those people first. Because they are, they are fucking slowing us down big time. If you're the first person to believe a bunch of bullshit and, and you refuse to grow with your fellow man and be open or, or anything like that. You're you're slowing us down. You're slowing down the progress. You may as well be part of those cities that the Mayans and Aztecs were uh, burying because you're nothing. Just You're not adding to anything. You have no creative value. You have no uh, intellectual base that you can gather from. So what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're just you're standing in the way. You're crowd noise. You're white noise, bud. That's it. Now fuck off. <laughs> now Wolverine shows up. <laughs> Either way, I don't know. What do you think? Are, how prepared are you for a, a, a survival disaster, like for a disaster situation? Like you, I, I've been on your apocalypse team for about twelve years now. Uh, I remember having that conversation. A I'm long still time trying ago. to get the motorhome uh, up to running properly, and even then, like how how jammed up are the the highways going to be when it comes time to get out of town? Well, what do you think about maybe like I can't move a move a motorhome? So what do you think I, about I going down to the I've harbor? I've got a pedal bike. I could probably make it to Kenora on a pedal bike. In can you a couple uh, weeks? Can you hotwire 
vehicles? Uh, I've no, never learned. Have you that never learned trade? that? No. I've never learned how to do it either. See, that's, this is the things we need to learn. We've a hot wired. We go down to the marina. Boom! Papa saws a boat. Go out for a rip there, bud. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's the plan. That is it. Yep. You haven't updated me on the plan. Last plan we had was uh, go to the woods with a an axe, sort out a log cabin or something. Oh yeah. That's the other plan. That's uh, that's plan number one. Okay. Plan number two is you know you got to be seaworthy. You got you got to <laughs> be able to get away from uh, from the the land and just set sail. What about that ending of uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead? Uh, no spoilers here, but they make it out on the boat, and then they get to the island. They make it to like Fiji or something, and they got off on the boat, and then it's just like dun 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 dun, and all the fucking zombies There's come. There's already zombies. There's there. already zombies on this other island. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Well, I don't know about zombies, but uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about zombies or Fukushima? Fucking anything. The, the, if there's a okay. A oh, you're survi- just talking about. Uh... Well, if we. <laughs> If we can uh, provide this the money to rebuild Canada in a, in an aesthetic value and also in a functional value right now, modern society, no disaster, then it, it should effectively, if we had the market, if things went fucking bad and we lost like a third or, or two thirds of the Earth's population, so billions of people die. Like an asteroid? That's right. Or something? Then weed, in a, in a sense, could be the market that gets like, that could prop up the next rise because... Um, I recently completed like a, a seminar I was listening to of about Genghis Khan and Genghis Khan, uh, because he wiped out uh, a lot of the Russian empire at the time and then really took it to China, fucked up China and then fucked up, uh, what is now Iran. But back then, you know, um, because he went into Mesopotamia and yeah. Persia, yeah. And fucked up these, all these empires. He was next going to go and take over. Uh, up over in Europe, it was next. He was going to take Europe next, and that was the only thing stopping him really from taking all of Eurasia. And uh, the and then he died, and then his sons went, and they had a council form, and they couldn't elect a new Khan until they all agreed. And this one cousin held out, and he actually had one of the farthest regions uh, away from from Mongolia, from the original uh, place where they met. So he wouldn't even come to meet them. So it held them up for like two years. And then when they finally picked the new guy, there was so much bad blood between them for this guy not coming down that they split and they fract. They, there's a fraction. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, there's a saying. It's like Jenga sat down all his sons before he died, and he took one arrow from his quiver and and he uh, he broke it. And then he took a number of them together and he tried to break them all at the same time and he couldn't. And he's like, that's our empire. If we stand together, then then we, we can't be broken. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, someone gets fucking delusions of grandeur. Now yeah. that's his grandson doing that kind of shit at that point. It was like a cousin of his grandson or something. And so he lost the, the he lost it. Yeah. He so, lost the so because he died. Now, here's the thing. What, the reason I bring this up is because there was such a power vacuum that took place because the Russians were decimated. China was decimated, uh, Persia, and like at this point, China had figured out ballistics. They had figured out uh, uh, paper, like papyrus. Um, they had just huge, huge levels of of, of psychological or and like scientific advantages that no other society had been developing. And Europe was way behind at that point because like, you know they they weren't really developed as much as the rest of the world was. And because Genghis fucking culled them, the the rest of the herd, so to speak, that allowed. All of the all of the sunlight to hit the proverbial 
Europe and all their branches. So their saplings went much bigger. And actually, that what that made them capable of ha- the of Spain having like a huge navy and and the UK. And that's why the British Empire took off the way it did, and the Spanish and the colonial efforts. So all of the settling of North America and South America, you could pretty much trace back to say well if Jengus didn't do that that wouldn't have actually happened it would, have, it would have been completely different right then. that's really crazy so what I'm saying is like if there was a, a nuclear or catastrophic disaster like on a zombie level then you could pretty much look at like okay well who would step up at that point who would really be the next power because right now it's like the US clearly has a, a foothold on everything they run shit that's like pretty much undeniable and then there's a few old old superpowers from the previous century that are still holding on but they don't really have as much influence like russia uh and then like china's rising much bigger and i was then- looking at populations the other day and uh was it india india and china india? are both at like over a billion like a billion and oh. a half each and then the united states is only at like 400 million, yeah. 37 no. million or something? Or no, no, 300 no. And 300, yeah. 300 million. Yeah. They're about, I think they're probably about, well, that's the thing. That's census, right? A documented census that hasn't been done in fucking years in the, in the U.S. Like, the updates and, and, were pretty, uh, pretty up to date. Well, okay, even that saying, what about illegal immigrants? Because they're saying right. like L.A. has like 6 million, 8 million people in it right now. But with illegal immigrants, probably like 20 million. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. 20 million. Of There's un- still nowhere near a billion that China has with a way, way smaller fucking landmass. Well, Mexico City you know, has 25 million. India, which is... Oh, and, and in terms of landmass, yeah, they're living on top of each imagine other. Imagine a billion and a half people in a tiny... I, I, Can you imagine a billion people in Canada? Could you imagine a billion? You wouldn't even notice. We, we, we we've got this huge landmass. Like we've got room for everyone. What's the problem? That's what I'm worried about. Is that like, um, there's a one foot of mine is it? It almost sounds like like an American Republican kind of vibe, where it's like, we need to protect what's Canadian and do do do. But then at the same time, I'm like, who am I to define that? Like I'm not I'm not the kind of person to do that. I think everyone has a right to come wherever they want. Like we're talking borders should be maybe erased. Canada would probably be most dramatically affected by that than anyone else. Like, if they erase the borders tomorrow and people could live wherever they want, we would start discovering little villages and pockets in like uh, Northwest Territories that we have never even knew existed because Absolutely. people would just be like, "We're moving up here and we're gonna live off polar bears and whatever the fuck." <laughs> they just they hunt them down. Or uh, I'm sure the mining companies would move in first, and then you'd build. Uh build civilization around the the mines right people come, uh, well, people come to work the mines and then the, the towns grow because of that like if you look at fort mcmurray and all that that's such okay well that's the problem though it's like that's such a short-term investment like we're looking even and i mean short-term like even though it's like a couple decades that's still nothing compared to like how long people like people will leave after the after the mining zone after, after that vein has been tapped what are they going to do they're they're going to leave and then what we would have is like we'd have a landmass of ghost towns and so what would the people like eventually there'd be scarcity and people would die of food with a lack of food and then that that mass of people would like you literally probably would be able to walk watch humanity go from town to town mm-hmm. to town to town and eventually all the masses start leaving it's pretty crazy it'd probably be like when the wild west was opening up in in the states it's already happening, but the it's the banking system that made it happen. Like there's five empty empty houses for every every homeless person in the United States right now. Yeah, well, yeah, you can buy a house how, in Detroit for like you can buy a house bucks. for a hundred bucks in Detroit. Oh, that's weird, right? Like there's 
people living on the street. Mm. It's fucked. They, they have the deck stacked against you because they, they want you to die of like cirrhosis of the liver or they want you to die of like lung cancer or whatever the fuck before you pay off this like 30 year mortgage, 35 year mortgage, whatever that's going on. So and they can cash in on the insurance. That's right, because most people can't even afford the down payment until you're about 30 anyway, 25, 30. Now, nowadays, maybe even 35, you don't even fucking buy a house. What, you're going to be 70 when you pay off this house? I'm I'm never doing another mortgage ever again or... Yeah, well, you're one of the... A, you're uh, one of the... A loan, loans, credit cards, mortgages, never nope, again. Off the grid. Yeah, if I, if I can't pay cash, I can live without it. Well, you're one of the biggest advocates ever of going off the grid. You know, we talked about it last show about how... Uh, living, living completely free of uh, bills, and um, uh, someone, some asshole there listening right now is like, yeah, and responsibilities, and it's like those don't, those only exist because people want them to exist. Like responsibilities, they what, exist what are they because saying? of the system. You have to get up yeah. to go to work to make money to pay for a roof to keep over your head so you can sleep so that you can get up to go to work to make money to pay for a roof to go over your head so you can sleep. And the cycle just continues and it's just, it's gross. It's fucking gross. That's not responsibilities. That's slavery. It's slavery. It's indentured servants, essentially. They're like, well, we'll give you a house, but you have to pay this much. And actually, after you pay it off, if you're... You're going to pay way more in the end yeah. than what it's listed for. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, well, yeah. it's, it's completely out of hand. It's fucked. It needs to be revamped. How should it be? From the government to fucking everything. I don't know how it should be. I'm not smart <laughs> at all, but there's smart guys out there. And I know that there's, there's, there's ethical, smart people that know of a better way. Well, one of the, one of the ways I heard described was that uh, if it wasn't going to be a barter system, then it should be an intelligence system. Like, you should be able to uh, be given what you have based on how much you're willing to learn. So if you can learn and you're like, well, I can effectively dis- demonstrate the following skills and then you can, you can, you know, whatever those might be. Then we'd have people that were testers and those people make the exact same as the people who are at that level or whatever like that. And then you can rise up. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty interesting. That, that would be interesting to have because then there would be incentive for people to learn and continue to learn. And the more we learn, the more we would become innovative. Right. And then if we become innovative, then we can finally maybe travel this universe. And well, right. What, what about there. Jacques Fresco's uh, you, utop- utopia? You haven't learned, looked into... Oh, Jean Fresco. Oh, he's the guy with the haircut, the fucking... He's the, the, the old guy. He's yeah. like a, a fucking... He's a genius. He, he, he had, in a, he's got this idea of a utopian world where everything's designed properly. Every Everyone is... Everyone's fed and clothed yeah. and everything. And... This has to happen after we like we're starting to harness uh, electronics and and computers and robots and all that. Mm-hmm. If we can have, if we can have robots harvesting food and creating clothes and running the SkyTrain and all that, if you can take away all the jobs, yet have everyone fed and clothed and housed. If something breaks, if a pipe breaks, your neighbors get together and you fix the pipe. Blah blah blah. Like there's no money changing hands. It's all, it's all taken care of. Yeah. And all you have to do is maintain the equipment. Well, if you maintain the equipment, you will be fed and your your clothing will will be made. He he made that pitch on uh, uh, in Zeitgeist, right? The film. They Zeitgeist kind of. He's he's a, the guy who did Zeitgeist is associated with uh, with Shock Fresco. He's got the Utopia. He's got project. great ideas. Yeah. yeah. The, the Utopia or whatever yeah. he called it. 
great, great documentary. People haven't seen that. They should like definitely, just, definitely watch it. Open up well, your eyes. They, they've also got an agenda too, right? You, you can't. What is their agenda? You, what do you, would you identify it? Yes, because I've I've seen them as pretty much they're an alternative well, they're, they're media anti, source, like anti-government, anti, anti. Yeah, everything. They're, you know, every. I. What? Blurred line. Blurred lines, right? Like. Robin Thicke? Well, not not the stupid song. It's like uh, <laughs> I like that stupid. Everyone's not the stupid song. <laughs> everyone's 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 got great ideas. Okay, but you don't have to be hard, so hard line about about one thing or another. You know. Well, that's the thing. It's like people are so quick to go to extremes. It's like it's right. like instead of having uh, again like an open debate, it's not open black up the dialogue. It's not yeah. black and white. It's it is gotta a be fucking rainbow and then beyond. There's, it's gotta there's be shit open. We don't know. There's yeah. shit we don't know yet. So. Well, yeah. And, why? Why hit? Like I'm gonna say it again. Why hit your wagon to something that you you honestly don't know? Don't know anything about. I think people they they get stuck, okay? Because when people are often faced with these kind of conversations we're having right now, and they, if they listen to it and they took the the highlights of it and the bullet points, they go, "Well, these guys obviously want a better future, okay?" But then, like, I like to use this story a lot. It's like if you and I right now were to say we could make a fucking killing right now selling condos, but you want to do that, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, I could do that." Let's, I'm like, "Okay, cool, let's do it." So then I call you tomorrow, and I'm like. Uh, you want to go? You want to still uh, make condos? And you're like, yeah. And then I was like, okay, let's go. Uh, let's go grab some shovels and we'll start digging the foundation or something like that. And if I said that, most people would be like, uh, I don't know. That's what you actually want me to build the a condo, condo like, exactly with like my hands? me. Like you want me to do it? And and like that kind of. We're gonna I, need some financial backers. That's I right. Think we'll need a big. No, uh, we need some people that are yeah. willing to do that kind of work. Da, da, da. <laughs> and then suddenly you start seeing the reality of it. It's like it's like people like to dream really big, but very few people like to do things. And and you know, uh, we come from a family that makes us like do. We're very much like we're going to take hold of things. Like, look at this weekend. That's a very much a manifestation. If of someone in the family wants to build a garage on their property, the family's going to show up and help them put the fucking roof on the thing. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. That's a doer mentality, and that's what I'm saying. Is like a lot of people they they want to, and that's the thing. People want to talk about building condos. They don't want to actually pick up the shovel and dig. They don't want to do that, and that and that's that's the problem I think across the board. And when we talk about the Utopia Project. That's like such a, a beautiful idea. It's like really a beautiful idea. It's like very Gene Roddenberry esque because there's so many episodes in Star Trek where they they go back in time or something like that, and then the people will be like, "Well, where's an ATM? Where can I get money out?" And the guy and they're just like, "My friend, why do you need money? Yeah, money has been eradicated several centuries yeah. ago." And 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 then that kind of idea is it, you, we start thinking about it in a modern sense because we're watching it real time and we're like, "Yeah, how did that happen?" And they're like, "Well, we find that." Money was holding us back. It was it was restricting the best ideas because the only a few people profit from the best. Like the like, it's just so stupid. It's like yeah. we'd rather take mediocrity that could be sold at a mass level than to take beautiful, amazing ideas that could be sold at an even bigger level. But but people they they're so niche and they cost so much to develop. It's capitalism. It's Ca- stupid. Capitalizing it's on dumb. a great idea it's for profit. Dumb. It's dumb. And you know what? It, it you, What I really hate about this kind of shit is like we're talking real. And if you knew G-Tone or you knew me and you knew me uh, and, and you walked up to me and you're like, hey, MD, uh, how's it going? How are you doing? I would say, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And you would never know I was like, uh, you'd never think of me as like a, like a hippie or a fucking, uh, hey, man, we should save the trees, man. It's hey, man. Not like- the hippies turned into today's government. Exactly. They dropped the ball they on that fucking They dropped the ball movement. big fucking time. And all I'm saying is like, we're, we're not, 
hippies by any means but that's the that's one of the problems is there's a stigma attached anytime you want to change something people are like oh you're one of those jesus freaks hippie freaks blah 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 freaks and it's like i don't even believe you're one of those judgment freaks oh you're a judgment freak eh? (laughs) and it's like why do i have to be anything why can't i just be a human that wants a better reality yeah Yeah, like i'm like oh you know what and it sucks you know what i fucking hate is like i'm guilty of it to a thousand degrees like for instance i this is a total i was i was checking out a new gym today I was, you know, you're like, oh yeah, look at him. Yeah, I don't look like I've ever been to a fucking gym, clearly. But I'm just saying, I was looking at a gym, and uh, uh, I was getting the tour around the place. Nice facility. They have jujitsu there. I might actually be checking awesome. that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously considering that. Absolutely. Some Gracie Barra, bruh. Uh, so, really? Yeah. Gracie Barra, right here. Yeah, yeah. I'll in the backyard. The yeah, I got a free seven day pass. Why wouldn't you? Oh my god. <laughs> Bad ass. It's right there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, but like, I'm taking this tour through the through the gym. And I'm trying to like mentally project myself there, you know. When you put you, you walk through a new area, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can see myself here, you know. And I'm looking around, and then, uh, you know, I see this guy. Clearly, he's just there to improve himself. Okay, I don't know anything about this dude, but <laughs> he's fucking holding a water bottle, and it had like a, I don't even know the symbol. I can't even describe it, but it was just like a customized water bottle. And and the first thing that comes to my mind, instead of me being like, hmm, look at this guy bettering himself, all I think is like. This fucking douchebag is fucking water bottle. And that's the thing. It's like, why did I even think that? Like, I, I don't even, I didn't walk in there with the intention to judge this guy. It's but a it just process. happened. It's, it's a thought process that, uh, that we, that gets embedded in us. It's, it's, it's the fucking it's judgment crazy. thing. And what why, does that come from though? Why you know? does, why do people have to judge everyone? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really crazy that, uh, something like that. I happens. catch myself doing it too. And I, I think it comes with 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 age and maturity. Not that I'm old and fucking mature, but uh, dude, you're so young. It's like retarded. Me now compared to, to ten years ago. Oh, is massive change. Completely different, dude. You're one of the most uh, the best way to say it would be wild, <laughs> wild dudes I've ever known. And uh, I just happen to be related to you, so it makes it even more crazy because I get to like see a lot of different sides of you, but. Um, Anyone who knows you in the scene, you're like one of the most hardcore fucking players uh, on bass and just live performers, period, in, in the punk and rock scene. And uh, you're also like, uh, like you're a huge entity. Any room you're in, you're the fucking, you're very much the sole focus. You have like a lot of uh, uh, creative pull to what you're doing and people want to be involved with you. And uh, you're a wild dude, man. Like that's... Uh, yeah, I'm still self-conscious and uh, constantly... That's good though. That's see, wondering that's, if I'm doing the right good. thing. Well, it's, well, okay. See, that's good. That, that's because you're not a fucking prick. If you're a douchebag, you you uh, you would never question anything about yourself. You'd always keep going. Like I like to think my own self. Like I I used to be a tremendously negative person. I used to have like a like a, a haze over my head or something like that. And then when once I started getting involved with the Boomsday Alliance and uh, we started building that together. Before you came out here, I told you go out there with a positive attitude. Yeah. Don't go around being negative to people because that is that is what they will yeah. remember you for. I remember you, you sitting me in the truck, and we, it was like this. We talked for like a good two hours or something like that, and it was like a couple of days before I was leaving out here because I moved out here when I was twenty, and I just turned twenty-eight this year. So I've been out here eight years, and uh, I remember sitting in the truck in Ontario, and you were like, uh, "It was like this is how it ended." I don't know, I don't even know how this was set up, but it was just like this. It was like. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and don't do that because that'll get you stabbed. <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? You're like, you're moving from a small town to a big city. He's like, stabbing someone here would be serious, but like stabbing someone there might just happen to you. And I was like, uh, 
okay, you know, and I thought about that a lot, you know. Of, uh, I saw a lot of different groups of people and, uh, you know, maybe some scary situations where that might have happened, that kind of thing. But uh, the reality of it is, is like, you know, those are good conversations. Those set me straight. I used to be such a negative person. My, my point was, just don't be an asshole. Don't be a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, don't interject If yourself. you want to be an asshole, you'll be treated as such, such. And you end up with fucking stitches or fucking... Yeah, worse, you, want, you know? This reminds me of that, yo, your, those rap lyrics you wrote a long time ago. If you want to be an asshole, you'll be treated as such. How's that go? It's rooted in truth, man. Rooted Fucking, in truth. I, How does it go, though? How does it go? To, you want to be an asshole, you'll be treated as such. You made your name off of me, I'm going to crush you to dust. dust. <laughs> what I got planned for the future's a must. <laughs> Lay paved to get paid by the way that I bust. <laughs> Dude. In case you didn't know, G-Tone, DJ Devious, son. He's just, uh, he's one of the best. One of the best yet. Uh, do you like these uh, sirens you got in the background? Those are real. Actually, when you're talking about uh, William Randall Randolph Hearst or Rodolph Rudolph, whatever the fuck his name is, Rudy. When you're talking about William Hearst and the sirens are Willie going on in the background, all I could think of was like, "Well, here it is. We're bringing, we're breaking the the issue, and they're gonna come get us. Yeah, sort us all out. It's possible. No one's gonna hear this. It's gonna it's be possible. wiped wiped off the fucking. It's possible. Hard drive before you even get to post it. Did Did you ever wipe someone out? Uh, in a in like a previous job like a like a um like you no one that never deserved it well you used to be like a bouncer right you used to you used to have your own security company for a while you were doing a lot of our live shows and shit well i had to I, when i was when i i owned my own pa system and i was i was booking promoting doing sound and security just comes with that so you would book the show and run I'd, the light book the show i'd set up the stage I'd do sound, I'd play in at least one of the bands that night, Right. and I'd be security. So much to take on. For like a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks. <laughs> God damn. And then people still haggle. Oh, well, maybe you could... Uh, uh, well, we didn't get a good turnout tonight, yeah. so... Uh, what if we just gave oh, you a... okay, so well, I, I spent 14 hours setting set this fucker up. up. Yeah. No, the, the people that would try to barter with uh, catering, they'd be like... How about 75 and a plate of food? We could search you out there, bud, if you want. I'm like, a plate of food? Go fuck yourself. I've been here 14 hours. Hey, the weddings hours. were great, man. Free bar and fucking dinner. Well, I love doing weddings. Well, dude, in we, the beginning, I loved doing loved, weddings yeah, and socials. And exactly. then, just take those old records off the shelf. Got a little too old for me. Just got a little too fucking old for me. You know, you, you try and introduce them to something good. It's like, oh, it's totally danceable. You can dance to this. And they're like sitting there cross-armed. And they're like, oh, shit, here we go. What would they- I know what'll okay. move them. Okay. Just take those old records off the shit. Everyone, everyone to the fucking dance Dude, floor right what now. What the fuck? I was like, this Wait, is not for me. Okay, G-Tone. Cause, cause this used, is not for me. Because he used to do those events. Tell me three songs that were always played every single time every single time that, that someone would submit well, a list to you because they save, would, save a horse ride a cowboy save a horse ride a cowboy well I was getting and mud course. and sun on the tip of the <laughs> blood, blood <laughs> mud okay so big and rich save a horse ride a cowboy what yeah. was another song uh, fucking old time rock and roll fucking just take the more absolutely and what else Okay. The third one. I would say Well, I'll shout. tell you the one that I, I, I ended every night with uh, uh, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That was your closer? Didn't you use Always. To, every fucking time. Did you ever close with Semisonic closing time? No. Never? No, not that, once? That was not me. That was hacky, eh? <laughs> it's closing time. 
Time to take the last of You room. don't need to leave, but you gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know who I want to take home with me. And she ain't gonna come she home with me. Come home. I yeah. know I want to take her, but she ain't gonna come home with me anyway. Would the Isley Brothers shout be also like a high? That's a high draft pick for sure. <laughs> like, do you know you make me wanna shout? Take my heels off and shout. shout. Take my hands up and right. that's good. Yeah, no people would come up and say, "Play that song from Animal House." Play the song from Animal House. That's what they'd say. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And then you know, you know what? That's a very, that's a very. And then by the end of the night, you'd have like the, the 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 last of the last sticking it out with their their last drinks, and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, you can start playing like those '80s fucking uh, dance songs now." Give me, they like, like they, they come night, over and, night at the Roxbury fucking. Yeah. Well, they come over. What is and, love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Yeah, right. Okay, well, and I'm like, no, you should go. Yeah, you you should go. (laughs) I would like to wrap up these 50 foot cables and get out of here. Do you like how they gave you permission to do it? What? That's okay. Okay, you can move on to like the 80s stuff now. Well, bro, you can play some fucking uh, you know Slayer if you want. I'm like, I'm not gonna play Slayer at so and so's wedding. Like, (laughs) and then it's like running blood, running blood. (laughs) Okay, do you remember? Okay, at one point in time, James, previous guest. Of the kids. Mizzle. He was a bartender at a, at a bar that we worked at. We don't have to say the name. We don't have to say anything else. Happlers. Nope. Don't. Happlaptic. Okay. J Miz worked. Rapplers. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Raps. So J Miz worked as a bartender yeah. and G Tone fucking worked security. And I was also a DJ. G Tone got me a DJ job. Oh. And so we all worked at one point at the same bar. And uh, that was pretty fucking debaucherous. I got pretty crazy. But uh, at that point, it was like this. Every girl would come up to me that night in the booth and they go, this is how different weddings are to, to like doing like a club. Cause it's like this, the first two hours of the bar, people come up and they go, cause it's like everyone who's been drinking there since 4 PM to all the stragglers and shit like that. And so they come up and they go, how about some fucking George Thurgood? What you got? I was like, how about laying pipe? And they're like, laying pipe down. <laughs> That's not even George Thurgood. No, who is that? <laughs> What? That's George. Who's it? That laying pipe is fucking. Uh, uh, what's that? That's George Thurgood. No, it's not. Who is it? You're gonna think oh, of the amount of no, money you're laying pipe. Lose right what's now. the name of that? Uh, the judge. The judge. Clarence Thomas. It is not Clarence Thomas. It is total. It's two hundred percent George Thurgood. Look this up right you now. You are stupid. You're stupid. Listen to this. If you look up George Thurgood, you're dumb. You're just like laying pipe. Laying pipe every day. <laughs> so I'd be like. Here's the thing. I would already be building a set at that point. So I David, be- we were both wrong. David Wilcox. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Well, clearly my well, memory dumb. is you're clear. Dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. Tell you you're as stupid. dumb you are. See, no one knows anything. No one knows. Anything. Yeah. I mean, see. Wow. That was, we don't need to know anything. Google's our, right there, that's bro. That's our point. That's our return point. Right there. No one knows anything. Even the stories we're trying to claim from our own memory. No one knows anything. But like, uh, some guy would always come up and ask for that, or, or they come up and they'd be like, uh, "I haven't heard Neil Young, Crazy Horse, in a while. You want to play some of Neil Young?" And I'd be like. Well, yeah, dance floor is kind of filling up. Uh, maybe I could yeah. fit that in. So and you you put on that song, and then all the girls come up, and they're like, "No, you gotta play that Eminem song." That's right. And then they go, "Can you play Shake That by Eminem?" This is like seven yeah. years ago. So it's like, "Why are you playing country music? You yeah. should play some some dance like Eminem." Can you play Shake That by Eminem featuring Nat Dog? That how many people Nat. came along and we were like Natty Nat Dog, Dog. Natty, Natty Dog. Dog. 
And I was, or the people that I come up and be like, can you play Eminem featuring Snoop Dogg? And I'd be like, oh, uh, knowing actually the songs, I'd be like, oh, like, bitch, please, too. And they'd be like, what? And no, I'd be I like, don't know that one. no, and they'd be like, it, it's like, the song's kind of sounds like, shake that ass for me, shake that ass for me. And I'd be like, yeah, I could play that. That's not what it's called, but I'll sort that out for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Oh, thanks. And the best, I think one time I made $40 American back when the dollar made sense. The guy came up and he was like, he was like, you know what? I really appreciate it right now. If you could personally play Akon. <laughs> I was like, Akon? And he's like, help me out. I'm trying to get this girl to dance. And I was like, okay. It's like, <laughs> she loves Akon. She loves, she loves Akon. Who didn't? Who doesn't? Who didn't? Who didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> He's done. It's like, who didn't? <laughs> who didn't love who didn't? it? Fuck. He's, oh, Apparently dude. everyone. Apparently everyone. He's retarded, man. Did you ever see the photo of him? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll insert this. Did you find... Oh, yeah, you looked that up. Okay. This is bad um, radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love listening to you. Look at this photo. Listen to this, guys. Wait. <laughs> okay, there's this photo of Akon, and he's at some Miami strip club, and... He he spent so much money that they had to send a Brinks, uh, like like a like a safe like a like a like a, uh, an armored car is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They sent an armored car here. I'm just gonna look this up. Akon armored car, <laughs> and this it shows him with stacks of money in, at the back door of the strip club. Okay, here we go. Oh my god, Akon armored car. <laughs> this is a real thing, folks. This is what happens when. Uh, uh, mediocre lyrics meet uh, stellar production. <laughs> they they push things over. I want to find it here for a minute. Whatever. How come they don't hear about this kind of stuff? In this rock? is what happens when the Illuminati get a hold of you. They send you <laughs> armored cars. How come uh, you don't hear about rock and rollers rocking the fuck out anymore? How come it's always just hip hop stars? Because hip hop makes way more money. Is that how it works they, now? Absolutely. But like. You, you still never hear about like the like for okay the last flare up of a rocket who was like classic rock and roll kind of shit that you hear in the media was like Pete Doherty, maybe. Who the fuck is that? He was Baby Shambles and shit, man. He used to Who fuck, the fuck is he Baby was, Shambles? He was baiting. He was, he was banging out Kate Moss. He was doing coke. He was all over fucking tablets. Okay, and clearly he didn't make. What he's a rock impact. star? Yeah, he was like Nickelback quality. Yeah, who, <laughs> who didn't like him? Who didn't yeah. like? Um, like Nickelback. Does oh, he sound like Nickelback? Well, I saw a fucking... See, I think Nickelback probably balls pretty big, right? Do you? I never hear anything about a busted hotel room or anything like that. I hear Justin Bieber fucking spray painting hotel rooms. That's stupid as fuck. <clears throat> that makes me feel a little dumb. But I, like I was saying, okay, like last week with uh, Space Bullet, I was talking about how people rip on Justin Bieber uh, or these like pop stars like we just were. But they don't really realize, like, you know, because you're in the industry, you know. But, like, for every Justin Bieber, the money that they make, the label funnels that back into, like, artistic acts. For the most part, they try to, like, make another artist pop. So, for every, like, Justin Bieber, there's a Florence and the Machine or, or something like that. Some other ask, some other artist that they're trying to pump really heavy. And, like, you know, the, the fact is, like... Uh, I don't... I didn't know that. And I don't know that. I, I, know I, that? I thought the artist gets, like, 1% and the... Record label heads get everything else. That's that's not wrong. That's that's true. But Isn't I'm saying, that why Michael Jackson said fucking. Well, all I'm saying. Well, okay. Well, Tommy Matola is the devil. Yeah, but first of all, he was not hurting for fucking money. It's not like you know. It's not like Michael Jackson was living on scraps. Like he was fine. No, like, but 
Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he are, was the devil. Well, okay. Having just signed a contract, I, I could say that like contracts right now, this is my second deal I've ever been through. And contracts now are like uh, way more structured in favor of the artists. And people are like, well, what about 360 deals and all this kind of shit? It's like, well, it depends what you want to do. What is your career based on? What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to be able to make music comfortably and, and be able to get your message out there and then maybe make financial streams off other aspects? Or... Or is your goal to make as much money as possible in the smallest window frame? Because if you're doing that, a major will be able to put you in that position. But you're going to be a fucking t-shirt of the week in five years. You're not going to be... It's going to be like that. Like, he was good. Who didn't like him? Da, 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 that kind of shit. And we're talking about, like, what used to be referred to as a one-hit wonder is now, like, commonplace. Like, very fucking common. What was the last artist you got into That's what a, I mean. They've got it down a to major a science. Level. They've got it down a to a science. science. It's a formula like, that you can't fuck you, with. You got something that, that uh, we think we can wring some dollars out of. Yeah, exactly. We'll bring you in as soon as you're cold. As soon as you're cold, as soon you're as fucking you're done, cold. bud. And guess what? You just sold your fucking life to us. Yeah, and like, you know, you know what's funny is people go, uh, Oh, how many how many uh, how many albums do you do you sign for that kind of thing? Because you know there's stories like you know like when uh, like Ja Rule you signed your life. Yeah, he signed a six album deal to Def Jam, and everyone goes, well, "Holy fuck, you're set. That's it, six albums, right?" But where, people don't understand. going to get six fucking albums, albums worth of material. Exactly. People don't understand. It's like you realize that's into perpetuity, right? Like if he doesn't deliver six albums, and then people go, "Well, well you could write anything, and they'll sell it off." No, that's not how a contract's structured. Like, no, no. like a major label controls everything. They control your artwork. They control all your music. And actually, if you delivered them like fifteen tracks, and you're like, "Here's my album," they can very easily easily go mm, turn it away. Say, yes, yeah, that's, that's not, not the album. Yeah, that's not going. That's cut not going to sell, and that's not our album. Boom, done. And you're like, I just spent a year and a half working on that. I just lost my whole buzz. Nobody, no one's going to check for my next record. To be like. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, we're probably going to drop you after that. Or even worse, worse than dropping you, people think that's fucking bad. The worst thing that can happen to you is you get shelved. That is the worst. You get fucking plugged up behind another artist similar to you, and they, they push that guy more than you. Like, people think that getting signed is, like, the hardest fucking thing. That's not... that. That's a challenge, it's, and it's, like, it's a goal that's different for other people. Some people don't even want that, right? It's, like, very much a DIY aspect, and I totally think that's a fucking very proper way for certain groups. But, like, I think that, like... Like, once you sign, the best way to describe it is, like, imagine you're in, a, uh, a like, a, a, a orphanage, and you want to be adopted your whole life, and you finally get adopted, and you're old enough to even think about that, you're, like, 13 or something, and you finally get adopted, and then the family that adopts you, instead of fighting with other orphans to get adopted, now you're fighting for mom and dad's attention, because that's how a fucking label works. That's really how it goes down. It's like, you want to be the squeakiest wheel you want to get the oil you have to fucking work and you have to make yourself stand out it's, it's crazy that's what it is especially on a major the more and more major you go up. i've i've never been involved in any labels on any level jesus the way we're doing it with with shock load is we paid for the production we paid for the copying of the of the albums and we're literally going to spread it around by hand the days of having an album in a record store are long gone as far as I'm concerned, if you're not out there playing in front of the crowd and then selling the album directly to them out of your hand, right. you don't deserve your money. Well, you're not working really for it. You, you know what I mean? Like, Have, think, well, thinking that someone's going to come into a record store, pick up your album and say, eh, this looks all right, maybe mm -hmm. I'll try and buy it. That's fucking retarded. That's an artist. That's an art choice if, more if, than anything. Right? They'll if, look at the artwork and go, mm, okay. Right. right? Like, I mean, you can, you can do that online these days. 
Yeah, I mean, like that. That's Go actually- check out Bandcamp Shockload. Like, if you want to buy it, you can buy it. If you don't want to buy it, you can still listen to the whole fucking thing over and over and over and over again. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's it's free for streaming, and it's free for free for, for streaming. Free- if you want to support us and help us get on the road, you can pay the the ten dollars or a dollar track, whatever. You buy what you like. But yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if I didn't play for you that night, I don't expect you to buy my album. Because for you, it's very much a show. I don't even expect you to buy my album if I do play play for you. Well, you're you're but when when you see me perform, I I like to think that you're going to go and buy my album because I fucking pour it out. Well, I pour it all. I pour it all. Shockload's badass. We don't fucking we don't hold back. We don't fucking we're not faking. I know what you're saying, but I just want to like just for because there's like a lot of genres out there, and I would just say like okay for someone who makes like. I don't know, ambient fucking whatever, trancey kind of shit that like, it's like very, I don't even know how to explain it, like Trent Reznor-ish kind of solo stuff where it's just like... Are you talking about electronic music? Mm, no, because like that kind of a blanket statement nowadays refers to like Dead Mouse, kind of like that kind of record, but like, I mean more like like an ambient, there's like weird fucking soundscape type mm-hmm. records, like Boards of Canada, that kind of stuff. Where like These guys make like, like these sound emotional scapes that they're just like synths playing and all that kind of shit and very like it's very odd it's such a niche thing that like I couldn't like go to a show I wouldn't go live and listen to that because that's something I listen to when I clean the house or, or something like that right well uh, or this podcast okay so uh, because of that I, I know what you're saying though it's like when you do a live show that's your show improve moment. You're doing it there to like, you're like, well, I don't think you deserve it. Like, but in your own words, you're like, right. I don't think you that's, deserve it. That's the only place that, uh, that I think that, that selling your, your product is, is a valid, a valid thing. And you know, it's, if, it's if, the if, if you didn't just prove yourself in front of the crowd and make them go, holy fuck. Yeah. I'll support them. Then you're fucking wasting your time. I understand. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know what? I, th- I gotta say, Time fucking flies when you're hanging with your brother drinking liquor. And uh, I got you know what I'd like to do because we were to listen to Home Record and it was badass. I'd like to I'd like to just say thanks for coming on the show, bro. You uh, you ready to wind down a bit here? Fucking cheers, my brother. I appreciate you inviting me on again. Let's uh, <laughs> let's plug uh, where are we gonna do? Let's see. If you want to listen to Attractive Distraction, you can go to shockload.bandcamp.com. Bandcamp. Bring up Bandcamp and punch in Shockload. We just posted the album yesterday. Yep. It's badass, man. It's attractive. We're really happy with it. Produced by Brian Else, mixed by Stu McKillop at Rain City Recorders at uh, in Vancouver. Uh, artwork by Scott Beadle. Uh, black and white photos on the album case by Tina Limu. Shoutouts to Ryan Ruin and Jameson Vegas. And, my boys. Uh, my brother G-Tone here. Always a fucking pleasure, brother. Cheers. Uh, this coming Friday, December 20th. My other two bands, Spree Killers yep. and The Strugglers, yep. are playing Subculture something or other down it's, at it's uh, Funkies. Show. I can't remember the, the number a, of Subculture it is. It's a festival, for sure. I've it's, seen that before. Uh, it's an ongoing, uh, I think it's a quarterly festival. She usually does it every... Yeah. This is Wendy 13 at Funky, uh, Funky Winker Beans downtown Vancouver. Isn't it it's like they, they sell art on the walls as well as the Exactly. Show, subculture right? is she brings in uh, artists... 
street artists and uh, uh, other mediums. Yeah. They put up their all art all over the wall. It's art for less than $50. Everything is for less than $50. It's and amazing. then she, she puts four bands on the stage uh, throughout the night. It's so badass, man. It's two, really good. Two of my bands will be performing this Friday at Funky's for Subculture. Yeah. And I just want to say, as much as we've been pumping the tires of Shockload here tonight, fucking G-Tone's also an equal bass player in Spree Killers and also in The Strugglers. And pff, honestly, all three of these groups are kick-ass to the fucking wall. All balls to the wall. So bad. Ass. I'm, so, I'm so happy to have ended up playing with with the groups of people that that I uh, that I'm playing with. I came out here for for the reason of wanting to produce music with with quality players, and it's all coming together. It's all coming together. And you know what? Man? Three and a half years I've been in Vancouver, and finally I'm I'm happy with all three projects. It's manifesting itself so well, man. Attractive Distractions, a kick-ass album. You can follow Shockload also on uh, Twitter. What's your fucking Facebook? Uh, we got a website coming up. Uh, shockload dot dot. Uh, what is it on Facebook? It's probably Facebook.com. dot Shockload dot com. I think Shockload dot com will be the website, but not it's not. Jeez. Uh, oh, well, probably, people yeah. listen to this in the past. You'd be like, oh, it's already available. But, uh, well, but uh, Bandcamp. Go straight to Bandcamp and yeah. Facebook. What's Check your Twitter? Twitter. What's your Twitter? You guys barely. Uh, Shockload, bro. Shock, uh, at Shockload. Sh- at Shockload Twitter, yeah. At Shockload. And you can also uh, listen to Attractive Distraction at shockload.bandcamp.com. That's S-H-O-C-K-L-O-A-D. L-O-A-D. Shockload bandcamp.com and you know what guys you've been really fucking uh, nice to us today and uh, we really appreciate you listening as always and you can always follow me at md underscore boonsday on twitter and you can also email me all your questions concerns and your hate and uh, anything you like or don't like about the show and future questions for future guests if I announce it and you have to be privy enough to do so um, you can email me at partnered promo at gmail.com that's p-a-r-t n-e-r-d promo at gmail.com G-Tone, always a fucking pleasure, brother. Cheers, brother. We're about to go into uh, two of my favorite songs, a face-to-face cover, which was actually uh, authorized by Face-to-Face. Well, we had to pay, we had to pay for the rights ah, to, uh, to reproduce this. But don't worry about yes, that. Yes. It's, it was authorized regardless. And uh, that must be beautiful because they're, they're a fucking huge influence on you guys, and I know you guys really uh, carry on that sound very well. But uh, we're going to listen to a cover from uh, uh, Shockload uh, of Face to Face. Uh, and the song's called I'm Trying. And Much all- love. Much love to Face to Face. They molded our youth. And we're going to listen to what is my fucking favorite. And it was in my head when I woke up this morning, which is a new scene. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening this week. And I'll see you very soon. Cheers. Stay safe.